0: This month's episodes are sponsored by Crossway, publisher of the English Standard Version of the Bible and many helpful Bible resources, such as the ESV Bible with Creeds and Confessions. This resource contains 13 important creeds and confessions from church history placed after the ESV text, including the Apostles' Creed, the Belgic Confession, and the Heidelberg Catechism. With introductions written by Chad Van Dixhorn, you will come away with a better grasp of history and original purpose of each historical articulation of the Christian faith. Available in True Tone, True Tone Overboard, and premium goatskin leather. Learn more at crossway.org. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at shepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Uh, welcome to the Shepherd's Court podcast. I am really excited and honored to be speaking to a man that I've been learning a lot from recently and listening a lot to recently. It's a man that's been making a big impact in our state, state of Illinois. And I think pastors and everybody that's going to be listening, I think they're going to really enjoy hearing from State Representative Darren Bailey. Darren, how are you doing today?
1: I am doing great. Thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity.
0: Well, good. Why don't we pray and ask for the Lord's help, and as we know, he's going to give it. Okay. Father, we just ask for your direction, or guidance. We thank you for the favor that we share right now as brothers because of the blood of Jesus that unites us as blood-bought brothers, fully forgiven and counted righteous and We're thankful that you have been so kind to us. Help us as we talk about everything that's going on in the state. Uh, Help us to think through, and I'm I'm eager to learn from from Darren about responsibilities of citizens and what our role is in this state. And thank you that all that you've been using him to do through interposition and through standing in the middle and fighting for the people of the state and fighting for the law fighting for the constitutional law in this state. So we just thank you all for all that he's doing and I ask you to guide this discussion. I trust that you're going to. Holy Spirit, point us to Jesus and it's in his name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you very much.
0: Okay, so for those who don't know you, would you go ahead and, and my listeners are many from this state, many out of the state. Why don't you just go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and then what it is that you do. Okay, so uh... Uh, I've, I've i live in my hometown is louisville illinois
1: 30 minutes uh, south of uh of uh effingham about 10 minutes north of flora uh, flora's uh, about uh, 20 minutes straight east of salem so that kind of gives you an area where we're at. uh farmed all my life that's all i know is farming so uh um, i am um, my uh, dad was president of the North Clay School Board in 1979 and going into high school that next year our, uh, our, uh, our school, uh, high school needed a principal so uh, there was a gentleman hired, and and uh, his daughter and I met as as freshmen that following summer at uh, Oil Belt Christian Service Camp in Florida and we've literally been together ever since. So Cindy Stortson was her uh, maiden name, and we've been uh, married for uh, 34 years now. And and, uh, and like I said, she went. We both uh, were out of high school. I went to uh, two years, got associate degree in agricultural production at uh, at uh, Lakeland in Mattoon. Mm-hmm. Oh, I. It was farm. I literally one day before my, my parents begged me to go to school and then do something. Dad's always been my, we've always had an interest in geology and, and, mm. and just, uh, um, just just wanted me to go to a uh, college, and I didn't want to. I wanted to work on the farm. So one yep. day before uh, the doors opened at Lakeland, uh, he I was getting ready to get on a tractor and rake hay, and he just came out and he just begged me. He said, "Go go to school. If you don't like it at any point in time, uh, just 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 come back. It's all right." So yep. it made it a little easier because she was headed. Cindy was headed headed up there to study dental hygiene. So uh, so I did that. Um, we were married uh, as we after we got out of uh, uh, Lakeland in 1986. Um, we currently have uh, uh, four children. My three sons work on the farm with me. Uh, my daughter uh, Abigail is married to a youth and worship minister at Noble Christian Church. So, um, so we've just, we've always been difference makers. Uh, we've been very, uh, I, I grew up and, uh, all my life at the Red Brush Christian Church, north okay. of Louisville. And then in January of 2017, God moved us to Effingham Assembly, where we currently, uh, uh, serve at. So, okay. um, just always had a passion for people. And uh, my farm, uh, uh, over the years, that's that, that exemplifies that. Many times, veterans, many times someone destitute needing help would come along. I'd put them to work for a time and, and, and try to help them get on their feet. I too served on the North Clay School Board for seventeen years, from 1995 to 2012. Right. Uh, you know, it, it was pretty awesome having that influence of of hiring uh, men and women with uh, you know Christian moral values. And, and other than that, we've we've been very uh, influential in our community in our church, uh, church leadership. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where I've been and came from and where I'm at now.
0: So now currently, I mean, you're still farming, you still got property. I mean, is that what you're doing through the year and day in and With, day out life? I know you got this work as a, as a representative as well. And so I don't know how much time that takes, but,
1: but so that's I'm still what on the farm. Running. So on uh, my wife's uh, uh, birthday, her birthday's July 4th. So
0: that's my son's birthday.
1: Hey, all right, this is a good yeah. day. Yeah, mine's yeah. March seventeenth, St. Patrick's Day, so it's always really easy to remember. Now yeah. our children are scattered out to some really odd dates and it makes it kind of tough sometimes. So uh yeah, on July fourth of twenty seventeen, we were got finished up with wheat harvest and our family loaded up to go. We went to Florida to celebrate her birthday. And mm-hmm. Was that we were actually supposed to be on a uh, you know a a, a a digital fast? We were going to put our phones away and leave them alone. Well, the second day into the vacation, which was uh, I think it was June 29th, one of the days it was kind of rainy, so we packed the grandkids up, bring them, brought them up off the beach, and my wife was in the kitchen uh, cutting up fruits and vegetables, and I sat down and and uh, let let the uh, the grandkids nap and and I was supposed to start reading. I had three books. That's usually uh, sometimes at Christmas time after Christmas and sometimes during the fourth we'll, uh, we'll venture down to uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Florida and spend a few days and that's where I uh, get a lot of my reading in At, But she saw me pick my phone up and she called me out on it and I said, well, I just let me wish my Facebook friends happy birthday. And, you know, at the time I probably had, I probably had a thousand Facebook friends or whatever and just, you know, shared scripture. We, I, I, I actually repost today much of the stuff that I've shared in, in, in uh, uh, those years. Mm-hmm. But anyway, flipped Facebook on to look at it. And there it was, the, the Illinois General Assembly was meeting in session over July 4th. Now I had, I had been uh, the gentleman that I ended up primarying uh, who had been in for fourteen years, I had actually helped him get elected around mm-hmm. two thousand and two, two thousand and three. But about two thousand and eight nine, I just became frustrated with politics. and I mean, I literally said, just just leave it alone. Jesus is coming back soon. we need to you know we need to reach the lost. So that was literally my uh, I's priority. So I had been disconnected for the most part for politics. So when I saw this, just something kind of rang to me. It's just like well i I, I don't think. I think they should be. Why are they meeting, you know, the July 4th uh, weekend? So mm-hmm. I began to explore that. I picked up the phone. I saw they were meeting to pass a budget. So I picked them mm-hmm. up because they still had this gentleman's number, the, um, the current uh, representative, gave him a call and talked to him to see what was going on. And I wasn't at all satisfied with the answers. It's like, well, we, we got to pass a budget. The people need a budget. And, and uh, you know, I, re, I reminded him, I just said, well, I, sometimes at the farm, I need a tractor and a combine and, and I'm turning more things over to my, my, my sons, but I just, I just don't tell them to go out and buy a tractor or a combine. I want a good deal The people of Illinois need and want a good deal. So, yeah. um, you know, we know what happened this particular gentleman, went ahead and voted um, to help pass uh, this budget that, that the, uh, uh, you know, turned into a 32% tax increase and absolutely mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the citizens of Illinois got nothing for it. So during this time, this week in Florida, um, I, as much research as I was doing, I began to learn about this and I was very frustrated. So I began, I was just sharing, pumping stuff out on Facebook and right. God began to exponentially grow. It was amazing uh, that the influence, because people had no idea. They had mm-hmm. no so many yeah. other people, as far as myself were, had been checked out long enough, they didn't know what was going on and, you know, and especially when the, the Illinois General Assembly told us, that, well, this budget's balanced and it's a good thing. Well, no, I, I uh, was finding information that was suggesting that it was indeed $1.5 billion upside down and it turned out that was true. So that was just the July 4th weekend, still had no desire. Right. It's, still gags me. So, mm-hmm. So to your question, uh, that's, I got to looking and I, I'm, I'm seeing that, you know, I, this particular gentleman that I had supported over the years, I hadn't probably seen him three or four times, you know, in that whole time frame and, mm-hmm. you know, lives less than an hour away from me. So I got to thinking, well, as my representative, I should be seeing more of him, shouldn't I? And, and hearing more from him. And, um, so we began, uh, we just, I, I was, I was noisy for the rest of the month of July. okay <laughs> Towards the end of the month. Uh, people began to, people were upset, and people were, and my, my, even my personal Facebook page had really grown a lot, because I was still, I had become Mr. Information Guy. I was pushing this information out. I was finding it. I was reading yep. it, and that time came when several people within a three-day period, several good, solid friends said, maybe you should consider this, and I'm, you know, being, as, as, as you know, as you well know, being a leader in church, you've, and, and, and as we were Having it at this in our, as I was on my school board, yeah. uh, many people come up with wonderful ideas and that they would like you or the leadership to do. And, mm-hmm. and we adopted a policy. Well, no, this is your idea. You have the passion. You do it, and guess what? We will support you. So, unfortunately, as noisy as I'd gotten, um, that's kind of the message that I was getting from a lot of people. That hey, maybe you ought to consider this. So. Mm-hmm. I did not, I was kicking and screaming the whole time. I did not want to do this. Uh, didn't care what it paid. Didn't care. No, what it just didn't want to mess with it. Right. So we, uh, we began to realize God began to kind of prick at our hearts and we realized that maybe, maybe, maybe. So our friends, our family, our church, we, we uh, committed that to a 10 days of prayer and fasting wow. uh, for me. I didn't really need to do that because I knew what God wanted, but I, cause I knew all I had to do was say no. And and mm-hmm. I really was hoping during that 10 days that he would raise somebody else up. And, right. and that's that's the message that I got was indeed that uh, he would kind of call it the Jonah syndrome that uh, he would do that, but he had something for me, uh, you know, in this process. And if that uh, I didn't do this, he'd simply give it to somebody else and I would miss out on this journey. So, right. So yeah, began to explore it. We uh, had a situation in the first week of August where uh, one of my uh, farm employees, uh, his his paycheck was $17 uh, uh, for the paycheck less than it was the week before Mm -hmm. in the exact same hours. Our secretary was on vacation and, uh, and 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 uh so i did i did the payroll i hadn't did the payroll in quite some time so i thought he came to me and he said hey it's no big deal but my paycheck's 17 an hour less or 17 dollars less than it was last week right so I said, i've added it up i did something wrong so i i went through checked everything out everything was fine especially on the computer called my accountant and my accountant said well there and that's last week i sent the tax updates to uh, the sec your secretary so mm-hmm. that's it is. So, you know, I go back and tell him $17, a tax increase, whatever. I woke up that night realized, I this guy works over 3000 hours a year. So, uh, the next morning I, I calculated that and it came up to over a $1,200 a year that, you know, was going to be removed from this gentleman's and, and we had, you know, 14 other families represented there and I just, it yeah. disgusted me. So, uh, I began to realize that, okay, God, maybe this is so, so, um, yeah, we, uh, Good. we simply stood up, stepped up and uh, and so essentially I'm i 'm blessed i will I would probably have to say that if my sons weren 't back at the farm, I probably we we have a large farm. I probably would not engage in this, but God we my two oldest sons never never thought that they'd want to come back, and just a few years earlier they had returned so yeah i um where, whereas you know when I get up in the mornings, uh, especially at the farm, I get up at five o'clock and get home at eight and nine o'clock, and I spend most of my time you know. Uh, moving around, making deals, checking crops all day long. So um, I have been able to, I, I am spending literally 150% of my time being a state representative. Uh, the mm. miles that I put on my vehicle are amazing. And, and now we're being blessed with this newfound, uh, whatever you want to call it, exposure. Yep. You know, invited to speak across the state yeah. so that's uh, that i'm taking advantage of it because i want to get this message out and i believe the church is the core of, of becoming empowered to I, I believe the church is a sleeping giant and, yeah uh, and if we would take advantage of that and and, and pastors would 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 t- speak truth and empowerment we don't have to endorse a party we don't have to endorse a candidate yeah. it's really simple we just speak what needs to be spoke think that people would get it, but sometimes we, we, we say, we, we, you know, we, we're not going to talk politics and, yeah. and, um, and sometimes some churches have the, 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 you know, the little widow or the widower in the corner that might be, you know, a, of a different party than, than we are. And we don't want to offend them because they've got the money that pays the bills. And, right. you know, I, I put up with a little bit of that in the early days of, uh, of my, my church that I uh, attended. So, um, so yeah. We're living okay. in interesting days
0: and the church has got to step up. Absolutely. So now how many years have you been sitting as a representative now for the this city a, return, a year and a half. year and a half. Okay. So it's been an interesting year and a half. You're always wearing a lot of different hats. You're, you're devoting your time now to what's going on in this state, trying to balance a budget, trying to take care of your employees. You got your family. And then the coronavirus happens and take everyone by surprise. And we're all trying to figure out what's going on. Everybody's watching different reports and, I think everybody understands the same narrative where at first where nobody knows what this is so you're you're trying to take every precaution you can you're trying to listen to everybody that you can listen to all the experts and and so everybody's gathering information and and trying to follow the the orders from their governors and from their local politicians and leaders and and say so we're just trying to navigate now we're we're talking flatten the curve and then everybody has now discussed about how the goalposts have been changed from flattening the curve to now we're not counting deaths uh, of COVID or even with COVID. Now it's you know, about cases and forget deaths and hospitalizations. Let's just talk about cases. But you're up here seeing constitutional law beginning to be broken. You know, my question for you is, what motivated you? You know, in in this country, Lex Rex by Samuel Rutherford was a book, the law is king, that was banned in and throughout Europe, and it was a book that our founding fathers referenced and knew that they wanted to ensure that the law is king in the United States of America and that elected or appointed officials had to be held responsible to the law of the land, to the constitutional law. So here is Pritzker, Governor Pritzker, and I want to want to honor him and pray for him, but he's violating Illinois constitutional law and extending emergency orders from county to county through the whole state beyond 30 days. First of all, how, how did you discover that there's something off here, something fishy here, something's not going right? And then how did you move to say i'm going to do something about this
1: yeah so so that you know just just uh, always wanting to do the right thing and then being surrounded by the right people uh, and then i want i do want to add i lead my wife out of this a lot but she we also have uh, we're founders of uh, full armor christian academy okay uh, here in louisville we got a little bit 200 students this year and that's been that's been an amazing thing and that God. Also plays a part into all this as well uh, you know, so we were we're watching this and wondering what's going to become of all this through January and February and March eighth, the governor comes out with his uh, you know first emergency proclamation, the big one. Says you know, we have an emer- we have an emergency on our hands. I'm issuing an emergency proclamation. So I really didn't know anything at that time. But I so I but I I, uh, I wrote an op ed and sent it out throughout the state, mm-hmm. questioning this kind of seems like a bold move for a governor. Mm-hmm chastised very much by Chicago and Springfield news sources like, you know, well, you just, you're, you're an uneducated. Uh, Southern Illinois right. doesn't know what you're talking about. How dare you? Mm-hmm. So, but that's all right. I, I, we were watching. And then as he began to then move into his executive orders, uh, he had his first, you know, I, I learned that he had 30 days to do stuff. Mm-hmm. I got the, uh, Illinois emergency management agency act out. I got the Illinois department of public health, uh, Information out and began to uh, begin to kind of just just read it.
0: And, and real quick question: As you're thinking thinking through this, um, is there precedent in any state in our country to mandate the quarantine or measures from healthy people to be taken? Is the authority there in the Constitution to do anything for healthy people, or is it only to those who are sick?
1: That is an interesting question.
0: Because uh, lawful authority, especially and according to Scripture, you have in the Old Testament, civil authorities given authority to. To quarantine the sick, but not the well. Yeah, and I was wondering if there's anything on the books like that in Illinois. Don't know,
1: but I I would suppose because that's kind of the same uh, mindset that that you know where so Indiana, you know, uh, tried to mandate masks. The governor mandated masks a few weeks ago, and Mm his own attorney general, who was the same party line, came out and said you can't do that. Mm -hmm. So that that was interesting. So, Mm -hmm. so and even quarantining. Mm-hmm. Here, even quarantining it takes a you can't the governor cannot by executive order quarantine anyone. To so be you have due process that has to be followed. So and we and we've seen that happen here in my district. Uh, there's been uh, so so for instance someone who uh, who contracts COVID and and uh, then then they go back after they've tested positive and they and they find out who they've been around and and uh, one of the particular counties has chosen to uh, if someone has uh, been around a, a positive within 24 hours then they must uh, quarantine themselves for 14 days so the health department has does not have the right to come in and or nor the governor and say this is what you must do it takes a court order if the person uh, is not you know if the person's doesn't have any side effects or doesn't okay. have any illness so so we've seen that play out so that's the real number one okay the governor the president no one kind of kind of going back to the title law is king no one has authority to just ultimately tell anyone anything without the court and and, and due process uh, Mm -hmm. uh, kicking in. So
0: Okay, Okay, that's helpful. So you're seeing this. I've referenced in our emails back and forth this book that I'm going to hopefully send you. It's called The Doctor and the Lesser Magistrates. And it is a, a dynamite book about the obligation of lesser magistrates to interposition, to interpose themselves between greater magistrates that are violating the law. And oftentimes, the lesser magistrate through interposition can guard the people from bloody revolution, where there's an obligation from God to the lesser magistrates to disobey anything, commands that which God forbids or forbids that which God commands, that there's an obligation to do this interposition, that no, I will not comply for the sake of the people. What I've seen you do so well is this doctrine of interposition, where you're standing between unlawful edicts coming from a governor that's violating constitutional law, for the good of the people, and so you're you're here. What gave you the backbone? Like what gave you the courage to stay? Say, you know what? I mean, I'm looking around. Everybody thinks I'm crazy. Maybe I am the crazy one. What gave you the stick to itiveness to to stick it out and to just fight?
1: Well, that's where the people come in. At a, a godly wife, hmm. godly staff, uh, a praying church. And when I say that, I don't just mean my church. I'm I'm talking about the church. I mean, I'll be. I'll have people. It's amazing. I have people coming up to me off the street, you know, with a word sometimes, or people will call me or text me. And it, it, like I said, people that uh, see me at an event do not know me. And, and, and then they share, they share. A, a, it's been, it's been very, very revealing and eye opening. So I've always been, even on the school board, even in school, I was, I was class president mm-hmm. uh, year all four years in our high school and in our senior year the the board voted that we weren't going to have a, be able to have a senior class trip that particular year and and uh, I went to the school board and and petitioned them and challenged them and they they relented and let us go on so you know uh, God's given me that intuitive to and the yeah. strength to be able to not really care you know being a larger farmer in a mm-hmm. small community you know people are always talking about you and being on the school board and just doing what's right at one one particular time a gentleman came to his first school board meeting and it was a pretty rocky school board meeting. And Mm. and afterwards he said, how in the world do you sleep with all this stuff? And I said, it's no problem. If you do the right thing, God is guiding you and the Holy spirit is directing you and you do the right thing. That's that's all you can do. So I've been well entrenched with the, you know, having thick skin Mm -hmm. Uh, people just, uh, there's people that's real. It's just simply cannot do that. Yeah. So I always thought that this, uh, would be reflected more in the day that I might be defending my second amendment rights. Mm-hmm. But now here we are and I'm blessed enough to stand on the front line and 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 you know protect our First Amendment rights, you know. Yeah. So I never expected that. But I'll, you know, it's and it probably what continues to give me strength is just the reaction that God allows from the people across the state of Illinois as they uh, I mean, I just many people come up and they just I, I I'm, I'm starting to get involved. I'm starting to do things because yeah. you stood up, and so when I and you know history's been that way, you know since since the beginning. I mean, you had a a man that eventually stood before Pharaoh, and you had a you know just on and on and on. History, we have those examples. We've got God yeah. coming to Earth as man, standing before the whole world and saying, "No, no." Yeah this isn't right. So that's, uh, I suppose that's probably where my inspiration ultimately comes from just the, uh, the yeah. men and women of the Bible. And, and when I look at them and then even going on forward to, uh, to our wonderful history here in this country, just seeing what the, what one person does and, you know, and then God forbid they're martyred, but yet to see the movement. And, and sometimes the movement's more important than the, than the person. And, and yeah. it's pretty, so I don't know. I, I love history, and and uh, maybe that's where it all came from. That's
0: so. Where where do you stand right now with Governor Pritzker? It's been moved from Clay County Court up to somewhere north. Governor Pritzker has found a favorable judge for his position. Well, where does everything stand right now with with everything beyond the first 30 days of, of these executive orders? Where does where does everything stand right now? Well,
1: <clears throat> so first of all, I want to make sure that everyone understands. As far as where everything stands right now, Governor Pritzker still has, you know, he has no ability to make any orders. He's spewing things from his mouth, and people are believing that's there mm-hmm. in the 109th district, in my area. Of life's, you know, I, I, I we, we, we use common sense. You know, you keep mm-hmm. your hands washed. Be careful. If you're feeling symptoms. If you if stay home, if you, if you don't need to be out. So it's, it's. So the the county health department, you know, has the ability to exercise, you know, any changes, rules. And, and, and so forth. The governor uh, does not, but uh, but unfortunately, they take their directives from him, and mm-hmm. the same thing. they're scared to stand up. Most of the uh, health department administrators, because he has threatened, you know, funding. Why are public schools wearing masks? Because the governor's threatened that you will be in trouble if you don't. You know, that's the only reason. Yeah. Uh, so um, so right now, the governor appealed to the Illinois Supreme Court. Okay. Um, the Illinois Supreme Court. Uh, stayed the contempt, so we cannot uh, we cannot do anything with the contempt charge yet. Uh, they also then moved it from Clay County to Sangamon County. Uh, we received uh, our first uh, proof yesterday that this judge is indeed not our friend, because there were several uh, uh, public and private schools they that were suing for the mask mandate. The judge ordered that schools must indeed wear. Masks. I saw that. So the, uh, the case is scheduled to be heard. Uh, my case is scheduled to be heard in the second week of October. Uh, we indeed are now today going to, uh, to get it out of this judge's hands. So I do not know exactly what that looks like since I'm not a lawyer. But at some point in time, we will indeed, regardless of the decision that is made, we will, we're gonna appeal this if we have to. And I would expect Governor Pritzker would all the way to the Illinois Supreme Court. I'll be perfectly honest with you, what I believe is that uh, this is all about uh, the fall election and just pushing that off. And that's what frustrates me so much.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Okay, let's switch gears a little bit. And I want to get to a question, but I want to set the question up first. You mentioned earlier about Christians in our state, and really Christians in our country. And I think an underdeveloped understanding of Christians of the day, and even for myself going into this year, has been my role as a citizen. And the center of the debate for churches has been around Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2 and how we are to honor and respect the governing authorities and that there's no authority except for God and those that exist have been instituted by God and therefore whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed and those who resist will incur judgment. And one of the things that's so crucial about Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2 is that it has commands for both subjects or citizens, depending upon what government system that you're a part of. And then it has obligations set not just for citizens and subjects of a particular state, nation, or city, but it also has commands for the rulers to not terrorize good conduct but bad. And when they reward evil and punish good, then they are actually working in opposition to God. And what we see here is that there's commands to both citizen subjects and to rulers and kings in high places. And so the application of Romans 13 plays out differently depending upon what government system you're a part of. And I want to help my the people in our church to understand this. And in other, there's going to be a lot of Christians listening to this. In the United States of America, we are not subjects of a king. We actually have responsibilities as citizens. And if we advocate those responsibilities as citizens and let unjust rulers violate constitutional law, we end up being the ones who are violating Romans 13 because we are setting our setting aside our responsibilities as citizens. And what we have right now in our society at a state level and a national level is leaders, both elected and appointed, that are terrorizing good conduct. And rewarding evil. I think abortion in our state, we have mass murderers that are in our state receiving bukus of money for continuing to legally murder children. Yes. And it is horrific up to partial birth abortion in our state. If you really think about that, you really just can't think about that for a very long time. It's very difficult. But I want to talk about these words citizens and subjects, and then pass the ball to your court here. First off, real simple question: Are we citizens or are we subjects of the government? In the state of illinois we're being treated, as
1: subjects, we're being treated but as subjects you need to condense what you just said and frame that because that was awesome how you explained that
0: okay so let, let me go a little bit further then so when i see these executive orders come down there are several categories where the state of illinois has commanded that which god forbids or forbids that which god commands number one do not neglect gathering of assembly now, all the more as you see the day approaching so we, we are to, to worship the lord this is this is not about politics. This is about obedience and disobedience. And certainly we're to be wise. Our church to, did some services outside at first. And as we're figuring out what this thing is, you got to be wise. Secondly, a massive amount of people were told that they can't work, that they cannot provide for their family. In first Timothy chapter five says, a man fails to provide for his family. He's worse than an unbeliever. We don't even have a category for that. We could go into further detail here. But when the government is, does something like that, we are to obey God rather than man we're to obey the Lord. And when a government treats us as subjects and not citizens, and we go along with that, we're violating what God has called us to do according to Romans 13. We have citizen responsibilities in the United States of America and in the state of Illinois. So what, what are the, what's a, an average citizen's responsibility right now in the state of Illinois in light of law breaking from our governor and other elected or appointed officials throughout the state?
1: Well, amen to what you just said, and thank you. So therein lies the situation. I get there's not a day goes by that I don't receive the emails and Facebook messages asking that. So we hold our government accountable. You know, as I go around and uh, have been blessed to meet literally thousands of people in the last several months, uh, I always ask them, I don't remember it, but I always ask them who their name is. I always ask them where they're from, and I ask them who their state representative and senator is. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling you 95% of the time, they have no idea. Mm. So now, now everybody, you know, many people are tuned into Fox news and, and they know, you know, obviously who our president is. And ma- many people, when I ask who the representative is, will tell me they're U.S. Congress person. Most right. people do know that. And that's when I ask who the state representative is. They'll tell me, that they'll spit the name out and it's always the Congress person. We have got, got to, you know, there's an amazing tool with ILGA.gov and I'm going to try to do a tutorial one of these days on my Facebook because it's the state page. And I'll be on, when I first got involved in government and started looking at, at it, I thought, wow, this thing is, uh, this thing is complex. Well, now that I've been dealing with it for a year and a half, it's an amazing tool. And of any okay. state, it's really the, the neatest because you can, so you go to ILGA.gov, you can find out all the the biographies and everything of all the senators, all the representatives, all the state elected officials. You can even scroll down at the bottom. It says, find my legislator. You type in your address and bam, it tells you who your elected officials are.
0: I'll put that all in the show notes. And so people can find that if they're thinking, okay, yeah, he said, what was that website? So I'll have that in the show notes.
1: Thank you. So, um, you know, I've been encouraging people to get involved. I've been encouraging people. Go. Have you ever been to a school board meeting? Have you ever been to a city council meeting? Have you ever been to a township meeting? Uh, what about a what about a, a, a county meeting and so forth? Start show, Just make it a point once a quarter, maybe once a year. Just go to your first one. Go to a meeting and sit and listen. Hmm. And uh, you know, many times when we have problems, we we like to get on Facebook and we like to just complain about it. We'll actually do something about it call your legislator at find out who your elected official is and find out uh, you know what they're voting on and how they'll start listening for their me- if you're not hearing you know it's shame on the fact that you don't know who your state representative is. it's not shame on you, it's shame on the elected official, because that tells me a lot. It tells me they are not out and about doing, representing you. If they don't know you, how in the world are they able to represent you? So, so get involved, start calling the office, get, find the local office number of your state representative, of your senator, call them, have a, get to know them, take them out for dinner, invite them over, go to one of their events, and start engaging, uh, you know, in, 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 in understanding who they are. Yeah start exerting your influence your ideas this is where the church can come in at the yeah. church starts getting involved and and the church can get involved i've given away are you familiar with wall builders and david barton oh yeah david barton's great yep. so the separation of church and state and the role of uh of uh, americans and civil government pastors in mm-hmm. the church and civil government i've given away almost a thousand of each of those because that's fantastic that, that, those are that's an amazing tool and, and in that we see that uh, well, this whole 501c3 process, that's kind of a new idea. The U.S. Constitution protects the church, period, the story. So so the church can do whatever the church wants to do in this day and age. Uh, like I said, I contend that just stay away from, you know, uh, endorsing a political candidate or, or a party. And just if you speak truth and if you're on it, people are going to understand. So so that's, uh, you know, there's this thing called precinct committee person. So each each uh, each county will have a Republican Party, and they'll have a Democrat Party. And you can run for a precinct, whatever your voting precinct is. You can represent to your party in your precinct. I mean, that's the bedrock of the uh, the foundation of this country. Uh, our founding fathers were amazing. Yet, when I go around now and attend many of these meetings, usually they're older people who, who, you know, their days of, of service and patriotism, you know, back in the, uh, when they grew up through the fifties and the sixties and, but yet there's, you very frequently see young people being involved. So, so um, I I encourage people to get involved because if you're involved in your pre, that's how this, that's why it's the bedrock and the foundation, because you have a precinct and maybe it's has 200, maybe it has 600, maybe it has, you know, a thousand people. And your duty then is to, Get the people of your party educated on the issues, educated on the people running, and maybe even solicit, you know, people to run for office. So, uh, really, in this day and age, people are finding out that uh, you know Fox News isn't talking about what's happening in in Carbondale, Illinois. It's not have, talking about what's happening in Louisville, Illinois, and people are amazed that when they start showing up at these meetings, they start hearing these topics discussed about. Well, yeah, I you know, wow, I like that or or no, I don't like that. And so, so then they begin to realize this wonderful representative form of government that it's being talked about. So, so here's the, you know, here's where this takes place at. So if I like that, I I get engaged. So I, uh, just educating ourselves, reading a little bit more. You know, I, I don't know, have you seen these, the IFI pamphlet of talking about your, are you familiar with Illinois Family Institute, David Smith?
0: Yes. I knew, I actually, I do know David. I've got to get you. I I will get you. I've got, I just picked up a
1: thousand of these from him and that's my goal to go around to some of the churches and drop these off because there's nothing really political. It really just literally systematically talks about abortion, family, marriage, immigration, judiciary, some certain stuff and just gives a, a breakdown off the platform. So, uh, what uh, so yeah,
0: people can That's good and, and one of the things i 've noticed darren, especially with my so i 'm thirty six i 'm kind of the older end of the millennials and and i didn 't grow up I, I grew up with one government class, but i didn 't have a civics class i didn 't have i, I didn 't grow up learning any of this stuff I, and and this is only twenty years removed from me being in school. I went to a private school even for for a while and i i 'm alarmed at how many people don't know the difference between elected representatives. And a monarchy type system where the government just has complete control. And I'm shocked as I'm having these conversations, how many people, for instance, I don't know if you're familiar with what's what's going on at Grace Community Church in California right now with John MacArthur. Okay. So I, I've got so many pastor friends that have been frustrated with him and even though this is a clear case of obedience and disobedience, I'm like, my goodness, this has nothing to do with politics. This is this has everything to do with, I'm going to obey the Lord. We don't have to set aside constitutional liberties to fight something that we don't have bodies all over the streets here. I mean, if this was the bubonic play or something like that, if it was actually, and I, it drives me crazy when I hear people comparing uh, COVID-19 to the Spanish flu, it drives me insane because it's 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 apples and oranges. It's not even close to the same thing. And uh, I tell you what, the church has an opportunity here. If we can see these these categories as sin and obedience and not just red and blue kind of stuff, just God has spoken clearly here. And one of the things, Darren, that I think is so huge is a recognition of the lordship of Christ everywhere, that Jesus is the king of this city, whether or not Carbondale and SIU recognizes his authority or not, he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He has all of all authority in heaven and earth, not just within the church and not just within the spiritual places and spirit in the heavenly realms. He has authority in the physical dimension right here in Carbondale. And so the church has a prophetic voice and has an obligation, I think, to declare that truth to everybody and everywhere we go. Bow knee yeah. to Jesus, to King Jesus right now, submit to him or... You're going to one day meet your maker before it's too late, and you will not have an opportunity to repent and believe. And so get in line under the Lordship of Christ now. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people who care more about being liked by the world than they do honoring the Lord. And that's frustrating. It really is.
1: Yep. and what you just said there is awesome the city if we will focus on our locality what just our realm that God has blessed us with that don't don't be worried about it you know the the whole county the whole state the whole nation just just our realm whether it's a precinct whether it's within the reach of your church maybe it's yep. just maybe that's where you start at whether whether you've got 10 people attending church or whether you've got 1000 people at your church whatever realm if you're in a small group if you wherever you're at start focusing pray for that kind of wisdom and and how you can what 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 god will do through you with whatever at work with your with your you know just on and on so
0: yeah and i think you'd probably agree with this as well that that men in particular if men will step up and be the men that god has called them to be in their home there's ramifications to that and and we know this and especially with the tragedy that is the black lives matter movement yes. in an in attempt to decimate the nuclear family—we're actually perpetuating the very problems they're trying to fight. And if a family unit is healthy, and if people want to do big things for God, here we go. Here's something simple: fight for the health of your family. As the nuclear family from city to city grows in health, in, in health. And there's more healthy families and healthy communities. That means there's more healthy communities. And when you have more healthy communities, you have more healthy regions. And if people take responsibility, mothers and fathers in the home, in time from one generation to the next, there can be massive transformation.
1: Yeah, and therein lies the problem with society. That's it. You know, all these subsidy payments that that whether they go to farmers or whether they go to the, the all these payments, the stimulus payments that have been going out, wouldn't it be amazing if we could figure out some way to, uh, to keep the family together, whatever it is. Keep mom and dad together, keep dad working. Uh, wouldn't it be awesome if we could figure out a way to, you know, if, if, if moms that desired to stay home but couldn't and raise their children, mm. there is the secret to the success of this great republic.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, we, we live in a constitutional republic, and most people don't know that. And these are, these are there's so many things for me that are just, again, so new. And I tell you, I've never been so patriotic as I have become this year. Awesome. And, uh, and, and the Lord has done a work in me to really change my perspective and drive me to the scriptures to see things biblically that I hadn't seen before. And yeah. uh, so, okay, Darren, we, we've, we've been here for about 45, 48 minutes, something like that. What, what are some things that you want to just leave people with? Well, most of my audience is pastors and uh, either seminarians. I have some, some guys that are entering into retirement age also that listen, uh, primarily men. What do you have for them in light of everything that's going on in our country? What's the final word? You have you have the floor. What what do you want my listeners to hear about what's going on at state level, national, with politics? This this is your opportunity to speak to my listeners.
1: I just implore everyone uh, get educated and get engaged and, and for anyone in leadership position in the church, you have got to figure out a way to engage politics. You, you, you have to, I mean, I mean, you know, we look back at the founding of our country. We, many people don't even realize that the first three revolutionary war engagements, you know, the, the shot heard around the world, uh, those were churches. Mm-hmm. Those, that, that wasn't the continental army Black uh, they, Robe regiment into towns. They were looking for some, for people. Um, we, we we you know we learned that I uh, that may have stopped I may have been right on the edge when I went through school of learning some of that stuff maybe the maybe the the role of the church wasn't so much focused in the '70s and '80s when I was in school but I know it was prior to that and and then you know now we've got people wanting to remove history altogether erase it make it something different yep. but the role of the church it's always been there in this country this this we are a Christian nation mm-hmm. so. We focus on that. We need to retake that and reclaim that. And if we don't, then we're going to lose uh, what we have. So so what the men and women of uh, 245 years ago put on the line, and they put their lives, they put their reputations, they put their possessions, they, they put it all on the line for what, what yeah. we enjoy today. And we were warned. We've been warned all along of what could happen. Yeah. It's happening. So um, I just implore the church to speak up to empower uh, to host uh, as a group of people to, to, you know, we went up to, uh, David Smith's went up to a church in uh, in Orland park, uh, uh, uh on, on Saturday. And, uh, it was an amazing time. There were 60, 70 people there and it was a, it was a Jesus rally. Mm-hmm. So, but yet it was lifting up the name of Jesus by praying mm-hmm. for leaders and, and, you know, next, next year, uh, next next year, probably one of the big topics is going to be parental consent. They're, they're you know the Democrats are going to want to take that away. That's going to probably be the number one uh, battle based on how this election turns out. So yeah. you know just uh, we have the opportunity here in this wonderful country to do something about this, but we have to speak up, and we can we can no longer be worried about being a church that is seeker friendly. We have to tell the truth, and we have to educate. You know or people, and uh, and then we have to inspire them. So many people are waiting for uh, that person, the preacher, the leader, uh, to step up and make a bold move and do something. Is it going to make everybody happy? No, it's not. But are you okay with losing what we're losing? That's the question. So that's my just get educated. That's what my office serves as. I will equip you. I will find whatever i can find to equip you information booklets if we have to if somebody's if we have if i can host meetings host conferences to just come together maybe it's a matter of getting david martin with wall builders up here and just just energizing but that's what we've got to do we're we're wasting time and we're losing ground that's all there is to it and that the church uh, as america was the sleeping giant in world war ii the church is the sleeping giant of today. So you know, we, we how often do we hear? We're not going to talk politics. We're not going to talk politics around the work, at the dinner table. We're not talking politics at work. We're not talking politics at school, and we're certainly not talking politics at church. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got to start these, these, these. What does your party stand for? Uh, just a, it, it's just this is, doesn't bash anybody. It simply tells the facts. This should be in every one of our four years. We should be handing this stuff out because of the church is the backbone. The church is the foundation of this country. Yep. And being
0: told that that's for another place and another time. So that's wrong. It's good, and I think it's again crucial to hit to remind you know listeners. This, this these are areas about sin and obedience. Here, uh, we're not just talking about we can have differing opinions on this. Christians can't have differing opinions on abortion. That's right? You just can't. It's just right. Not, it's it's not an option here. That if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and submitting to His word, you can't be or partial birth abortion. It's just you can't. Yeah. And uh, okay, yeah. so everybody, I interview. I give one final question. I set you up to praise the grace of God, and just ask you, Darren Bailey, why do you love Jesus?
1: Oh wow! Um, well, I've I've been uh, I've been blessed to uh, to travel to Israel twice to see you know to see the history. Uh, I've been blessed uh, to live in the you know greatest freest nation in the world, despite our problems. The most Christian nation in the world. Mm-hmm. I've been blessed to live in Southeast Illinois where life is good. Mm-hmm. I've been blessed uh, to, to you know. Uh, be a farmer, just to watch God's creation, you know, you're going to get me kind of teared up here, but I just, uh,
0: he's good. He is. He's good, and I
1: owe him everything I have.
0: Hmm. Amen. Well, I really appreciate you coming on here, and uh, maybe we can do this again sometime, And, and everybody listening in, if I miss them in the show notes, and you're thinking, oh, what was that? Feel free to message me, and I'll get you that information, but Darren, thanks so much for coming on.